Johnny Bones Jones versus Alexander the Mauler Gustafson. Fight prediction. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash FightJunkie2006. John Jones returns to the Octagon. 22 wins, 1 loss. Of those 22 wins, 9 are by KO, TKO, 6 by sub, 7 by decision. His one loss was via DQ. Alexander Gustafsson, 18 wins, 4 losses. Of his 18 wins, 11 are by KO, TKO, 3 by sub, 4 by decision. Of his 4 losses, 1 by KO, TKO, 1 by sub, Two by decision. Currently, the odds sit: John Jones minus two seventy favorite straight. Alexander Gustafson sitting right around plus two forty five. Fight will go, won't go five rounds. Fight goes to a decision plus one ten. Fight doesn't go to a decision minus one thirty. Fight is a draw sixty five to one. Jones wins inside the distance plus one eighteen. Gustafson wins inside the distance, 565. Jones wins by decision, plus 219. Gustafson wins by decision, plus 430. Obviously, we got to touch on the dirty John Jones. I'm going to be up front. I think he's a career cheat. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. People can make any excuse and spin it any which way you want, including the UFC and USADA. The fact of the matter is he tested positive again. I don't get where this confusion comes into play because it should be a pass-fail system. You either pass your drug test or you fail your drug test. USADA is supposed to administer the drug test, report the results, and that's it. With John Jones, everything always spins a different way. They're actually trying to make this guy out to be the victim like he's some guinea pig here, like it's some just magical thing that happened to enter his body. Nobody knows how and happens to stay in his body forever. And even John Jones is saying, oh, it could be in there for up to seven years. It's nonsense. It's absolutely ridiculous how the UFC are cheerleading for this guy. And USADA, I've said it for a long time, has zero credibility, none whatsoever. So take everything they say with a grain of salt. See what I did there? Salt, grain of salt. Anyway, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be pass fail. And then the USADA comes in here with their opinion. That's not how it works. That's not how it's ever worked. All of these other fighters, the burden of proof falls to them. This is one of the things that fighters who have tested positive have always said about the costs involved to clear their name. Apparently, John Jones is something special and he doesn't have to do anything. Like that. USADA comes out to his own defense. That's ridiculous. USADA should have done the test, reported the test, and stepped back. John Jones is the one that should have went out and spent all the money and did all the things with the lawyers and the testings like he did previously to prove his innocence. The fact that the UFC and USADA are trying so hard to pull the wool over people's eyes about this guy should tell you all you need to know. My personal opinion, he's been cheating his entire career. It's the reason I do not entertain any of this greatest of all time talk 
In my opinion, the guy is an outright cheat, has been cheating, will continue to cheat. This is is going to follow him for his entire career, however long that is. I personally believe eventually he's going to get busted, suspended indefinitely and be fighting over in freaking Japan or something. The guy is just a screw up. It's amazing to me the guy that is abusing alcohol, recreational drugs, somehow people believe he wouldn't cheat and use PEDs. Seriously, guys, have you followed this dude's career? He's been plastic his entire career. Remember the nice, you know, Christian John Jones, the God-fearing, right? That was all fake. What was he doing behind the scenes? Now you see a little bit of his real personality. Look at how he acted at the UFC 232 press conference. I mean, come on, man. The excuses have to stop. Regardless of what you think about his ability, the fact of the matter is where there is smoke, there is fire. If this was anybody else, they would have been thrown under the bus, not only by the UFC, but also fight fans. Granted, I'm giving credit to a lot of fight fans because they're calling BS on this, but the Jones nut huggers out there, I'm sorry, guys, man. You got to get with it. This guy is a cheat. I don't understand how you can see all of the stuff that he's done throughout his career that we know of and then still make excuses for the guy and buy this shit about he's tested positive. He didn't test positive. He tested positive. Then he didn't test positive. If you heard the excuses about this, how this metabolite suddenly appears, disappears, reappears, it's from 2017, or it could have been from longer before that. We don't know how it entered his body. We don't know how long it's going to stay in his body. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. They move the entire card for this cheater from Vegas to LA because Vegas, it was the Nevada State Athletic Commission, who I harp on a lot, who did the right thing here and wouldn't license him. Otherwise, this fight was still going to take place. It was the Nevada State Athletic Commission that pulled the plug that said, wait a minute, we don't have enough time to look into this and see what's going on and investigate this. In fact, I think they're having a hearing in January that Jones has to attend so they can say, what is going on with this guy? So the UFC who wants to put butts in seats and get pay-per-view revenue, found a commission in California that would accept their bullshit excuses, license a fight. Why? Why did California do it? Money! The state income tax alone from all of these fighters that they have to pay. So, I, I, I mean, I'm truly just sick of how the UFC has handled this. They, have, they haven't done this with other fighters. They've thrown them under the bus. People have been suspended. They've had a, a lot of expense they've had to go through just to get reduced ex, uh, uh, suspensions. It's not the case with John. John always gets a pass. And then, not only are you going to give him a pass, not only is the UFC freaking up their cheerleading, John Jones has done nothing wrong. We can say for certain he hasn't re-ingested this ingredient, really. You can say for certain. The experts, who are the experts? Oh, talk to Jeff. Talk to Jeff. Everybody's always passing the buck. If you guys watch the Joe Rogan podcast with old Jeffy up there, oh my, I mean, seriously. Listen, the longer the explanations, the more complicated and complex, they're trying to hide something. This shouldn't be this complex of an issue. He failed, and then that should have been it. He should have been off the card, and then it should have been on John Jones, his attorneys, his money, his investigations to try to prove his case that 
he didn't re-ingest something, that he wasn't cheating, that this didn't happen, that that didn't happen, whatever the case may be. It shouldn't be on the freaking UFC and USADA to go to bat for this guy. That's the big problem I have with that. Of course, the the John Jones nut huggers, they've got to, you know, they like, like this guy, they like, you know, the way he fights, he's the greatest of all time, blah, 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 blah. But when you're talking about from a professional standpoint of the UFC and USADA, who's supposed to be anti-doping, right? It's a bunch of bullshit. They're not. They're about butts and seats and money. Weight cutting issues, fighter safety, and anti-doping takes a back seat to these guys if they can make a buck. So that's the end of my rant there. Uh, let's look at how these guys match up. If you looked at the first fight... It's kind of hard to go off because it was five years ago. But looking at that, Gustafson matches up with Jones very, very well. Not only in the height and the reach, but he does a lot of similar things offensively that Jones does. And if you go back and watch that fight, you can see that. Jones lands an inside leg kick. Uh, Gustafson can counter back. And that height and reach plays a big role. And of course, one of the bigger things that Gustafson did in that fight was stuff 9 out of 10 takedowns. Most people, John Jones fight, can't stop his takedowns. And when Jones started to get outstruck by Gustafson, he went to the takedowns and he couldn't get them. And so he continuously got outstruck. I believe Alexander won that fight. I don't think he could have lost more than two rounds. And that's being pretty generous, actually, because I think he took the first three rounds. The fourth round, he was winning until he got hurt in the last 30 seconds. If you believe 30 seconds of action is enough to win the entire round, then you give Jones a fourth round. Uh, Gustafson was pretty tired and beat up at the end of the fifth, so you give Jones a fifth. That's three rounds to two. I think that's the worst that Alexander could have came away with. I think he beat John Jones. I think he should have been the champion. But as far as stylistically, he does a lot of things similar to Jones. He was able to stuff those takedowns. He was able to outstrike him, in my opinion. He outstruck him basically for the entire fight. Like I said, 30 seconds of that fourth round, if that doesn't happen, you give four straight rounds to Alexander if you're being honest and unbiased. And he definitely won the fight at that point. But on the feet, he outstruck John Jones. He busted him up. He cut him. His lips were gigantic. His eyes were swollen. Gustafson, in my opinion, won that fight. So he has the tools to beat John Jones. The problem is you didn't really see him stun John. And then if you're going back off of, okay, he has the tools offensively and he has the takedown defense to stop him, but he didn't necessarily have that one punch thunder to put Jones down and out. And even though he took Jones down once, he didn't hold him down, didn't do any real damage. So can Alexander get a fair shake on the cards? This is a real question, especially when you got the UFC pulling the freaking event a week before to go to California, who buy into this BS with this, oh, I'm not doping garbage, and have set this whole event up around John Jones. I'd be very worried if you bet on Alexander points or straight that he's going to get a fair shake from these three blind mice sitting cage side because everything has been situated and John Jones has been pampered for, for this fight. No, I mean, when have you guys have ever seen the UFC move an entire event a week before for one fighter because he popped hot on a drug test? I mean, think about that for a second. When have you ever seen the UFC go, the main event fighter failed a drug test. This uh, state won't license him. So we're going to find a state that will. Because this is basically what happened. 
like I said, people can spin it left, right, up, down. The fact of the matter is he failed his drug test. And this isn't the only test he failed. I know for a fact he failed in August as well. So he was, that, that's where I was talking about fail, not fail, fail, not fail. They're saying, oh yes, the same metabolite showed up. And then in the next test, it magically disappeared. And then it showed up again. And then it disappears. I mean, it's ridiculous what the UFC is doing. They screwed the fans. I've been telling you guys this for a long time. Forget about John Jones. I've been saying they're an entertainment company. It's not about the best versus the best. And they don't give a rat's ass about the hardcore fans. What you think, what you want, ranking system, weight cutting issues, PED issues, they don't give a shit about any of it because in their minds, you hardcore fans out there are going to continue to tune in. It doesn't matter how much they shit on you. You're going to wipe it off, smile and say, give me more. And until you guys start talking with your dollars and cents, nothing is ever going to change. They're going to keep saturating the market with garbage cards and they're going to keep putting Fighters like John Jones in positions to make a lot of money when, again, in my opinion, there's a lot of smoke, there's a lot of fire, and I don't believe a company that's supposed to be professional and wants to be on on the level of NFL and NBA and MLB should be protecting a guy that has popped hot again, especially with what he's got going on throughout his career inside, outside, all of the issues that he he has had. I mean, how many times are you going to give this guy a pass? How many times are you going to look away? And then not only are you giving him a pass and looking away, you're making excuses for the guy. So I have a big, 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 big problem with that. As far as betting goes, I mean, at some point, I think this shit is going to catch up to John Jones. In all honesty, his outside the octagon lifestyle is going to come and bite him in the ass. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. This, John Jones is nothing special. This has happened to many fighters across all combat sports. It doesn't matter if you're talking about boxing. It doesn't matter if you're talking MMA or kickboxing. It doesn't matter what it is. When you're a freaking partier that does hardcore drugs, and whether it's PEDs or cocaine or you're alcoholic, it starts to affect your performances in the ring slash octagon. And John Jones is going to face the same thing. He actually brags about how he beat people after two days of doing cocaine and stuff like that. Yeah, it's hilarious now, but he's going to lose. Mark my words, at some point, this outside the octagon lifestyle is going to catch up to this dude and he is going to lose inside the cage. And the moment this guy can't put butts in seats anymore, the UFC is going to throw his ass right under the bus, just like they've done everybody else. Because then there's no incentive for them to go out and cheerlead. Rah, rah, rah. John Jones did nothing wrong. All the experts agree. No, it's going to be all gone. Bye-bye. And that's how his career is going to end. It's going to end badly for this guy because I don't believe that he can stop. I believe he's an addict in all aspects that we're talking about. I believe he abuses everything that he touches. 
And that's going to play a role at some point. He's not going to get any younger. He's not going to get any faster. He's not going to get any more skilled. No matter how much shit he pumps into his body, he may be able to maintain longer, train longer, do these things that help him extend it. But as long as he's doing all this outside the octagon bullshit, it's going to catch up to him eventually. The question is when? That's hard to predict because the dude doesn't fight. So, I mean, when he does fight, something happens. This time he hasn't even stepped into the octagon yet. And we have all this controversy. Last time he steps in and he pops. So, I mean, it's very hard to tell until we actually can get a kind of a graph on this guy to see where he's actually at. Can he fight three fights in a row without popping? Something happened outside the cage that gets him suspended or imprisoned or lawsuits, whatever it is that messes up his fighting career. So I, I can't say right this second, you know, Jones Gustafson two is where the decline hits, but it's possible. And if it's not Jones Gustafson two, maybe it's the next fight or the fight after at some point, mark my words, it's going to catch up to him. The invincible John Jones is not invincible. In fact, like I said, I think Alexander already beat him legitimately but you can't abuse your body like that and expect it to perform at the highest level against the best guys in the world and continue to win. You just can't. So I'm not going to go out on the limb right now and just say he's going to be a shell of himself in this fight because I just don't have the data to go off. I really don't have the information to go off that says, you know, John Jones doesn't look like his normal self. You know, his body isn't reacting. His speed is gone. You know, his skill set isn't there. His timing. I don't have that data yet. So this fight will tell. Maybe it, maybe it will tell a lot. I think as far as the stylistic matchup, and like I said, the things that they do, the reason, another reason Gustafson matches up so well is that height and reach. John Jones has what I call like the tall man syndrome, kind of like Vladimir Klitschko did. They're always used to facing guys that are smaller than them. And they're so used to using their height and reach to dominate because they can keep them on the end of that reach and hit them without worry about being hit back. He cannot do that with Gustafson. When they're at equal range, Gustafson can hit him. And you saw that in the first fight. And that's why I believe stylistically, Gustafson's always going to be a hard matchup. And this fight will prove that. If Jones doesn't dominate like he's dominated everybody else with Gustafson, then you know that height and reach is more of a crutch than what he he tends to portray it as. He actually says, oh yeah, everybody said, oh, I dominate because I have long arms. Like that's not an actual tactic, height and reach. I mean, the guy's delusional. He actually said that the UFC didn't move this card for him. I'm not even joking. He actually said, the UFC did not move this card for me. That's insane. The guy's crazy. But that height and reach that he normally uses against other people, he can't get away with using it against Gustafson because when he pops Gustafson, Alexander can come right back and pop him in the mouth. He's not used to that. It's one of the reasons he struggled so much against Alexander because when he was in range to hit Alexander, he was also in range to be hit. That's something new. You saw that against Vladimir Klitschko when he fought um, Tyson Fury. Tyson was a bigger guy, the nice reach, the good jab, and it just froze Vladimir, I mean, it just froze him in his freaking boots there. He was like, I can't, I can't get off without being at risk of being hit. 
The other thing where I believe Gustafson has a real advantage is in footwork. His lateral footwork is far better than Jones. If you actually watch John Jones fight, he's very stiff. His movement is very, very stiff. He actually has pretty slow feet. I know people are probably going, what are you smoking? No, I'm not John Jones. Go back and look at his fight with Gustafson. He has slow feet. He would follow Gustafson around. He wasn't cutting off the octagon, and he's slow in his movement there. That's not to say that he's not got speed and when he delivers his offense. I'm talking about pure footwork. Gustafson has the advantage. Now, when Gustafson slowed down and he stood in front of Jones, that's when Jones had a bit of an advantage there, and not to mention that Gustafson was tired. But that's where you see basically in the fifth round, because again, 30 seconds of the fourth round isn't a real gigantic deal to me. But in the fifth round, you saw Gustafson stand flat-footed more in front of Jones, and Jones is able to get to him easier. When Gustafson is fresh and uses a lateral movement, John Jones has a hard time closing the distance. Throwing the fact that Gustafson was stopping his takedowns, and that really puts John Jones in an uncomfortable position, something he's not normally used to being in. He's used to dominating. So when you look at this line, we got Jones sitting straight at minus 270, but that's public money. The line only opened with Jones sitting right around plus or uh, minus 190 and Gustafson at plus 150. I think that's more of an accurate line, even though they're both coming off layoffs and a lot of people, myself included, believe Jones is a cheat. And if he ain't on something exactly right now, he had the entire training camp to microdose or however he's doing it to give him an advantage to train hard, harder, regenerate his muscles faster and just, you know, work harder and stronger and better than everybody else. So whatever's going on there with him, but the public switched and obviously it's hard to bet against John Jones. I mean, the, the public saw the line come out Jones below a minus two to one favor and the money started coming in on him. I get it. It really is hard to make a case to bet against John Jones when he's been so dominant. The one fighter he had a really tough time with here is Alexander. So if you are going to fade John Jones and you have all the outside octagon stuff and whatever's going on with the PED stuff, and then you have the stylistic and overall skill set of Alexander, now might be the perfect time to fade John Jones in all honesty and the layoff as well. This could be the prime opportunity that Alexander catches him at the right moment. Again, I believe he already beat John. So if John isn't what John was, maybe Alexander has a little bit more of an advantage than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Of course, we spoke about that issue of him not showing that oomph, you know, that thunder from down under to really put a beating on Jones and lay him out. And on the ground, obviously, I don't think Alexander would be able to sub John. So you're looking at him out striking and stopping him somehow on the feet. And we didn't see that in the first fight. And that's what makes it very difficult because you're relying on these three freaking blind mice in California. And we went all over this to give Alexander the win. In that first fight, John won 48-47 on two cards and 49-46 on one card. If you watch that fight, that is absurd. That's not even possible. I personally don't think 48-47 for Jones is possible. I think the first three rounds are very clear Alexander Gustafson rounds. So I don't see how you find three rounds 
to give John Jones. You sure as hell ain't giving him a 10-8 in the fourth round for 30 seconds of action. He didn't even drop him. Granted, he wobbled him, but still, I think you could make a case the opposite way that said Alexander dominated over four minutes of that round. He should have still won the round. But somehow, someway, the inept or corrupt three blind mice gave John Jones the UD. So that's an issue. Now, do I think Alexander can win legitimately? Yes, because I thought he won legitimately the first time. But in the end, it doesn't mean Jack, if the three blind mice give it to Jones, no matter how we see it. We could have Alexander winning 5-0, and they flip it and give it to John Jones 5-0, and you lose your bet. And I'll be on here going, man, that was some bullshit. See, I was talking about California and the three blind mice and blah, 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 blah. But guess what? You wouldn't be getting paid. So if you're going to bet Alexander, that's something that you have to be willing to bend over, spread him wide, and take it nice and hard because there is the possibility that he gets screwed on the cards again. This is John Jones we're talking about. The UFC is going out of their way for a reason with this guy. There's no way they want to see him lose. You can take that to the bank. The UFC does not want to see John Jones lose. They wouldn't be going through all this if it was Alexander Gustafson. I would tell you that much. If Alexander popped and had the history that John Jones does, that fight would have been canceled. They sure as hell ain't picking it up, moving it to L.A., changing the logistics and the fighters coming in and taxes and People had rooms and family coming in. We're talking about basically over the Christmas holiday. I mean, talk about a nightmare. They're doing it because John Jones is their superstar. Conor McGregor's basically MIA now that he got dominated by Khabib or Habib, however you want to say it. So they need John Jones. Ronda's gone, right? They need asses and seats. They need eyeballs on pay-per-views. And John Jones is that man. As far as Jones goes, if you like that side, the 270 line actually isn't bad, even still. Obviously, if you got the 190 under 2 to 1 on Jones, like I said, it's very hard to pick against John Jones, regardless if you think he's cheating or not. He's been dominant. The fight with Alexander was close, even in a 3-2 win, which I thought it was a clear 3-2 win for Alexander at worst. It was still close enough. He was a champion coming in. That's one of his toughest fights, if not his toughest fight. So it is hard to go against John Jones. The the 190 line is obviously really good. 270 still isn't you know crazy high because he did show that he could hurt Alexander in that fight. And in the fourth round, he hurt him. Granted, it was only for 30 seconds. Alexander came out and looked kind of recovered in the fifth round until like midway. And then it looked like it was more fatigue. But Jones definitely closed better in the fifth round than Alexander did. So you could say, well, what if there was 45 seconds in the fourth round? Or what if there was a minute left in the fourth round? Would Alexander have even made it out? Or, you know, what if... Uh, Jones had done a little more damage in the fourth round. Would he have been able to make it out of the fifth round? Because he's very tired and fatigued at that point. So the straight bet, you can really make a case for that. Because obviously Jones already won on points. But when you look throughout that fight, especially late in the fourth round and then in the fifth round, you could see there were opportunities there for John 
to do inflict a little more damage on Alexander. And you have to also look at John. He was very tired as well. It's just that he wasn't as tired as Alexander and he wasn't as visibly hurt as Alexander was in that fight. So if you're looking at John Jones, probably the safer, if there is such a thing, is the straight simply because you've, you already know he can win on points. You already know he probably has the advantage with the three blind mice uh, uh, at sitting uh, octagon side. And then he's hurt Alexander when they fought before as well. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, he could catch him again with some spinning shit that hurts him, drops him, whatever. There could be more time left in the round. It could be earlier in the fight. Gustafson could fade faster. These type of things that you could make a case to just play the safer route and take John Jones straight. So if you're betting Alexander, I think you're probably looking at the points when I think the the lines speak to that with Gustafson wins inside a very, very high plus 565. Again, that's assuming this is the John Jones that isn't a faded version. That isn't, you know, microdosing coming off and on and whatever the hell, alcohol, cocaine, whatever he's doing. You know, the John Jones that dominated people. Even if you're going to say the version of John Jones that fought Alexander in the first fight, which, you know, he, he pretty much got dominated on the feet, in my opinion, for most of the fight. But still, he took everything and went five rounds and ended up winning. So the likelihood of Gustafson stopping him is kind of high, and that's why you see a 565. As high as 7-1 to one at some books for Gustafson to win inside. And then you look at Gustafson win by decision. It's roughly... Three to four to one, you've got as low as like 320 and as high as like 430. That's still a very, very high line on a guy, in my opinion, that actually won the fight. But you could put that line at 10 to one, at 40 to one, 500 to one, if the results are already in the bag. If the scorecards are already filled out, you can put that line, whatever the hell you want to put it, because as long as they go any close round goes to Jones, then Gustafson betters are up a creek and you just got to know that going in. It's sad that we were even talking about this, but that's what we face in boxing all of the time. And it's coming to MMA more and more. And pretty soon this will be the new normal for you guys, just like it was for boxing fans. And I said this long ago with MMA fans making fun of boxing fans and how corrupt and, you know, it's like WWE and it's, everything's fixed and it's filled out beforehand. And now MMA fans are facing the same thing. Like I said, go back and watch the Alexander Gustafson, John Jones first fight and tell me how you come to a 49, 46 card for John Jones. I just don't see how it's even possible. Again, even the 48, 47, I mean, where are you getting this extra round from? These are the things I'm talking about where, where it should be a clear round for either guy. Like the fifth round, I didn't say, the fifth round, oh, that could have went to Alexander. I said the fifth round was Jones. The fourth round, in my opinion, is the only round where you can flip-flop. The fourth round is the only round, in my opinion, where somebody could say Alexander should have got the round because he basically outstruck Jones for over four minutes. Or a John Jones fan or judge could come in and say, well, John Jones stole it in the last 30 seconds because he hurt him. So he did more damage in that 30 seconds than Alexander did in the whole four minutes. In my opinion, that's the only round where you can make a case for either guy. Otherwise, I thought it was clear that Alexander won the first three, Jones won the last round. And even if I'm being nice to the guy and give him the fourth round, that's a 3-2 loss. But again, 
If you had Alexander Gustafson, you bet him the first fight. It didn't matter because in the end, they gave John Jones the UD, and one of the judges was smoking crack. He must be a a cocaine buddy of John Jones sitting out back smoking before they came in because 49-46 is absurd. So those are the things you're going to have to look at when you're betting this fight. I know there's a lot of chaos surrounding it, and that makes it more difficult. This this podcast should have just been about capping, but with John Jones, it's never that simple. It's always something going on with the guy. It doesn't matter if it's before his fight. It doesn't matter if it's during the fight with eye pokes. I won't even go into the eye poke master or if it's after the fight when he pops for something. So that's just the case that we have to deal with when we're looking at John If he wins or loses or whatever, hopefully we get to see a little more of him consistently so we can see if there's any decline because it's going to show up. I just don't know when it's going to show up. But like I said, if you're fancying fading John Jones, this might just be the perfect time to do it. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.